Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master Dave, and with me, as always, is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, now, folks, we are back. Back again, another week. Uh, we were not taken out for our uh, for our review from last week. Got a lot of mean emails, though. It's not cool. No, did we, did we, we? Did you delete them? Uh, yes, all of them. <laughs> Goodness. Blocked everybody. <laughs> yeah, well, it was last week we, we talked about Victory's Price, right? I'm not, like, misremembering mm-hmm. that. No, I'm pretty sure that was last week. Gotcha. You know, and again, and I've said this a few times, we've talked about it. Some of these newer books just are not getting much hype. No. They're just, maybe that's why no one's complained about our review. Maybe no one's read it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I did feel like we we did get a little negative last week in the review. Um, I mean, we found some good things, but we also, you know, we we told our truth as we know it, as we read it, you know, so. Yeah, it's funny. I thought about that a little bit today. I don't know why, but I'm more inclined to reread those and see if my opinion changes. For some reason, it just leaves a weird taste in my mouth being negative about anything star wars related so i feel like i need to give it one more chance i don't expect much out of it but eventually i will try it again and i think Mm -hmm. reading it will solve a lot of the issues that the audible version brought up yeah well i mean but at the same token we're we're just we try and give our best appraisal of what we have i mean with anything you know you're you're not going to like everything uh, about about everything you know and that's yeah. that's okay i think uh i think part of the problem we have now is that i actually uh somebody posted on this at some point in the last few days it stuck in my mind where so listen it's okay if you don't like the sequels okay that's fine but making it a part of your personality <laughs> is is kind of ridiculous and and that does happen quite a bit. I, I see a lot of people that you know meme is life and hatred of one particular thing. We've I know we've talked about this before like where it's like nickelback syndrome. Everybody was yeah. rocking to nickelback at a time. Oh well, yeah. Every everybody and now it's just was. cool to hate them. <laughs> yeah. I mean every everybody was rocking out to nickelback uh, and, and it is what it is. Are they a great band? No, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I, they, but they had a few songs that we all rocked to. It was just a sound of, of a specific time along with like stained and, uh, who, who else, who else would have been in that disturbed and, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know, like third eye blind and Iris and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose not, ev- not everybody was jamming to it. Yeah, I mean, I the killers for a little while. Everyone was obsessed with the killers. Well, I mean, but but like Nickelback and them were they were kind of like a uh, sort of like a pseudo new wavy kind of hard rock metal thing. Mm. Third Eye Blind was different, you know. And, oh yeah, and the killers were a little later. But yeah, I mean, I, I which coincidentally, um, so Brandon Flowers from the Killers made uh actually i don't know if he's done i think there were like two solo albums and some of those are actually really good really yeah Uh, that would be worth a listen he has a good voice that'd be kind of cool yeah i mean there are a few songs that are actually really 
really kind of kind of cool. I don't remember how long ago those were released. Not, I mean, not terribly long ago, but they aren't like this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> music, man. New music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. You, um, you know you're old when you're excited that a band that's, you know, not did anything for 10 years is making a new album. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this isn't obviously the, the music podcast, but I, you know, during the whole pandemic thing, um, one of the people on my team came up with the idea to put together like a Spotify playlist with everybody's music in it. Oh God, that sounds like a mess. <laughs> well, I mean, it could have been, but it, I mean, I thought it was a pretty good idea. So, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Um, that's, that's fine. That sounds like a decent enough idea. See if I can, if I can recall this, it's been, it's been, um, a little while actually. Yes, I can. Good. There it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, lot of different stuff in here. Anyway. Your cruise mainly younger, right? Um, some, you know, some young, I mean, like we're, we're talking probably late twenties, early thirties. Some folks are in their forties and I think it might have a few people that are older than that, but it, it's a, it's a decent mix of, uh, of age, age brackets, but yeah, it was, it was such a mix. The, the funny thing is there wasn't a lot of like new music either. <laughs> it really? Didn't, yeah. No, I mean, but like my, um, uh, my couple that I put in there, I put in going away to college, blink 182. Cause that was a special thing for like college. I mean, literally mm-hmm. college. Love and Happiness by Al Green. I love Al Green. Um, Mahogany Dread by a, a, a guy uh, goes under uh, His Golden Messenger. That's really kind of a neat song. Um, New Rising Sun is Jimi Hendrix. And then uh, Comfortably Numb from Pink Floyd. So those were like my little five additions to this particular nice. list. Good uh, and diverse. <laughs> yeah, also not new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I do. I, I do find it kind of hard to get into a lot of uh, a lot of newer music. Yeah, especially when you get into like rap, which everyone my age is still, I shouldn't say my age. Most of my friends are slightly younger than me. They're still into newer rap. And it's like, I just, I have like one or two artists I still follow that are new, considered new. And other than that, I'm not into it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that, I mean, the newest that I can probably name is like, like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. I yeah. Mean, those are yeah. about the only ones that I really find. But uh, I still go back to that, that time more than listening to new stuff. There's like one new artist I do like. His name's Tom McDonald. He, it's literally just him and his girlfriend. And oh, they, he's a they rapper? make all the music. Yeah. Yeah. With the name Tom McDonald, I know. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they <laughs> produce and write all their own stuff, make their own beats. They do good music, but you, you should actually look him up. He's entertaining, if nothing else. His face tattoos. Can't do it. Sorry. I uh, know. I'm just kidding. No, I, you know, He's not a mumble rapper though. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I think, I think my issue is, is the, the mumble, the mumble rapping. Cause I, I mean, it, it's just like, well, you know, I already can't listen to screamo. So if you, if automatically right. I can't understand what you're saying, then you it's know. Nirvana rap. <laughs> huh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Never heard of him. Um, 
I, I felt I felt really good about myself though. I did find one song from Billie Eilish that I liked. I think there's probably one song that everybody likes from Billie Eilish. We might not want to admit it, like Nickelback, but what well, what is it? Uh, it's a good good question. I don't remember. I probably it's is it, is it bad guy? Is it bad guy? No, you know <laughs> I I can find it relatively quick because it's it's the it's the only song it would be the only song on here. Uh, it's called Lovely. It's like a duet with somebody, somebody else. It's it's just got it's it's got a really nice like the the uh, the progression through it is is really nice, and I Mm -hmm. I I see I see what a lot of these folks do, um, especially if if they bring in something really nice and melodic, uh, I can get behind that. But you know she she is such a whisper singer sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. you know again it's not necessarily always my, my style, but, and you know what? That song That's isn't okay. even new either. It was like 2018. So I'm still behind. <laughs> That's new enough. <laughs> we'll count it. <laughs> I'm sure that there's new stuff anymore, but you know, like not to, not to be too boomerish, but w- I really did grow up in an era where we got our current music from the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I mean, it wasn't like a huge... and Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I never watched Saturday Night Live. I mean, I I mean, I I, I knew some stuff, but I I was never that person to watch really? that on TV. Really, I did I, not know that. No, I mean, I you know, I I had some like some um, uh, what would you call those like best of certain people DVDs back yeah. in the day, but yeah. no, I never really cared about television all that much. I mean. When we watched TV, what did we really watch? We did we, we played games together. We didn't really yeah. I didn't really sit down and watch TV all that much. If it That's was, true. I usually had my headphones on. I was listening to right. music. So TV was never really a huge deal for me, but like the radio was. And I, I was just on the very edge of still making like mixtapes, like legitimate yeah. tapes, like <laughs> radio on, record onto a tape and you know, that's how I got new music. And then you go to the library and like rent out a disc and burn it. <laughs> yeah. I did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Highly illegal stuff. <laughs> well, shh, 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 shh. but in, in all seriousness though. Yeah. I mean, I, I was still kind of a, kind of a part of, of that particular, I'm the very, very tail end, very, very tail yeah. end of that. But, um, but yeah, I, mean, I remember when VH1 and MTV still had quite a few music videos. Like the yeah. last couple, probably the first couple years I really got into music, they were still doing that like top 20 power hours and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, ra- the radio still had like Casey Kasem when he was still alive. You know, it was the very mm-hmm. tail end, but, you know, Casey Kasem's top 40 or whatever it was. And then, yeah, VH1, MTV still had music for more time and then it went to different blocks and so forth, but it was still there. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I actually had another, another thought that I kind of forgot because I'm all old and decrepit and so forth. And I can't, (laughs) I can't think of things, but yeah. Um, Oh, I remember. So when iTunes came out, they did like free, like two or three free songs of the week. And I remember like waiting for that to drop and, like mm-hmm. hit him down because some of some of it was good, some of it was bad, but some of it was also good. 
And it, it just opened up your horizons to different artists and so forth that were coming out. Um, but I mean, yeah, free, free music is, you know, a younger person right. who didn't have any flipping money to buy music. And well, especially in a generation where it was pretty expensive to get music. It's, it's not like yeah. now when you could just get any streaming service free for a month and then hop back and forth and get another, I don't do this at all, but you know, just keep verifying new email addresses and getting, uh, dude. well, no, you know, I mean, like it, if you think 10 bucks a month for unlimited music from a very good selection, you could easily blow through $10 a, a week. Yeah. On I still have a bit of an issue with, um, with not technically owning a copy though. That's I'm with you. That's been my, that's been my biggest issue with streaming services. Um, yeah, I, I still kind of, you know, get like, you know, I'll buy a song or two on iTunes for like a buck or whatever. And I don't really have any huge problem with that, but that's something that, I mean, I think ownership in a lot of ways is taking a bit of a plunge. Like what do you honestly own type of deal? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the streaming services. I get them. I get it. And when I did have like the first round of like free, premium Spotify is like, okay, okay. I mean, this is kind of cool. I can set something up, but you know, I can also just like still do Pandora or whatever. Right. I don't even know about Pandora, whatever, whatever. I don't even really do that anymore either. Um, but you know, it's fine. I, I, I get the point. I just don't necessarily fully get the point. <laughs> well, and you help the artist out a little bit more. I feel like buying a song than paying a subscription service for 10 bucks a month. Yeah, I mean, those like, artists. How, how much of that money is really going towards a specific artist you're listening to? Yeah, it's that, kind that of is tough. How that works? Well, I think it's based on listen time. I th- but I'm not yeah. sure. Well, it it is it is interesting how even the artists, you know, and we can we both play music. Um, for a for a short time, I even tried to do the gigging thing, and you know, you you try and do the dream and and so forth. Um, and I still play and I still record some stuff from time to time and I still come up with things where I was like, Oh, this is sick and whatnot. And, uh, you know, obviously you've, you know, you've played for, uh, you know, uh, however many years you've, <laughs> you've played on and off and all that good well, stuff. A little over like 12, 13 years now. Right. Um, and I, I definitely have seen like f- folks, living the dream differently. Um, you know, you go on YouTube and, and you can find musicians like Mary Spender or Rhett Scholl. Um, I mean, channels like music is win or uh, I don't know. I, there are a ton of other artists out there who are making content in a, in a different way. They're not signed to anything. Uh, but they still continue to produce albums and, you know, they, they treat their Patreon patrons, Patreon patrons. And, uh, it's, it's just a different way of getting music out there. The, I, the arena rocker is almost just dead. The only people that can get, get away with that still, I mean, sort of, you know, pre pandemic, maybe post pandemic are big, huge bands. Like maybe black Metallica can still probably do it. Right. But if you think about, do, do you remember like Warp Tour and all that stuff that yeah. was really big for a long time where you'd get yeah. all these new artists out there and they're all scrapping and whatnot? I mean, I knew some people who did Warp Tour and uh, I knew some people who did 
music at a higher level than I did or um, actually were signed to small labels, small, small mm-hmm. labels. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at the same token, it, it, it's just a different, it's a different world now in music and, and even, well, talking about like Billie Eilish, I mean, that's like her and her brother. I mean, they just, they just do it. And then you, mm-hmm. you just do it until you make it or you don't. Um, the point is live your dreams. <laughs> live your dream use your imagination yeah it's just wild what what the internet uh can accomplish if you if you do it right but there are yeah god there's so many pitfalls to social media and the internet did we mention that we don't really do that much (laughs) (laughs) have we mentioned that enough i just feel like if if i started get heavy into twitter and all that you know i was more active in our channel and got my own page. I feel like one day we'd be recording and I would just come on and my voice would be like 10 tones lower and I'd just be so evil inside. I just feel like Twitter would ruin me, honestly. Yeah. T- Twitter's not a great place. Um, you know, I, I guess the only one that I think has any sort of real positivity still might be Instagram. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, but even then there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bads, especially, and weirdly enough, especially with the folks who do like weightlifting, personal training, bodybuilding, those people get like hammered by people who have never done anything in their life. Um, if you show a, I, I know one person who, uh, does a lot of lifting videos and, you know, she does like, uh, she does, I don't want to say unorthodox, but like things that most of like the boomer class just do, they don't lift like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a lot of her, her deadlifts are, are just not like the traditional, you know, Hey, this is how I did it in high school gym class or some crap like that. But you know, she also does on the, and this is what POs so many people on her bench she does the back arch, which is what mm-hmm. power lifters do to get like max weight. And it's not wrong. It, it seems contrary, but it's not technically wrong. And, you know, you guys can all read up on that. I'm not like a personal trainer. I just, you know, I, <laughs> I work out sometimes. <laughs> I, wor- I worked out here and there. Um, but, you know, gosh, the, the comments... Um, the comments that I've, I've seen her get on things and some of the nasty comments, like really nasty comments. Uh, I remember there was one where, you know, somebody like, I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm blurring a lot of things, but I know it was, it was someone with a, like a lifting or something video talking about like, well, how about I come and rape you? Good God. I mean, that's the internet right now. That's, that's the internet. That's how bad, people in their anonymity think that's, and that's just terrible. It almost almost makes you wonder what's worse. If the person actually means it or if they just think this is the most entertaining thing they could be doing is. Yeah. I don't know. Saying these terrible things. Yeah. I I really, it's, it's the, it's the equivalent of the high school bully having a megaphone and reaching the entire world. Yeah. It's it's wild, dude. I I that's why you know we're both sort of I think in the same opinion. It's just we just don't choose to participate as much. 
Like I yeah. said, I, I post our episodes and there are a lot of nice people out there. Um, and, and there are some great people in the, in the star Wars community on Twitter. There's some great people, uh, you know, on Facebook and so forth, which coincidentally, I think I looked, I looked at Facebook statistics. You know, we, we have, we have a couple new likes on the Facebook page, which was actually kind of Do funny. It. It's like, I don't, it's weird. We don't do anything. <laughs> these are not my friends or your friends, so they must be people that listen. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I thought, and we, gosh, we do zero promotion. We 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 do zero yeah. promotion, um, and it, it's just it's interesting. I think we're. I don't remember if we we uh, we eclipsed the two seven. I think we eclipsed the two seventy mark uh, in Twitter followers, which, again, without doing anything. Oh, we're actually two eighty three. There you go. Still charging nice. towards that uh, three hundred number there, which again. Oh, you by know, the way, uh, speaking of uh, friends doing all that stuff, supporting us, do you still have the ability to make the T-shirts? I have a buddy who wants one. Uh, you can't you can't talk about t-shirts to people. Then there aren't t-shirts. We uh, have our own special t-shirts. We're we're special. Well, <laughs> you know, because we're rambling for a little while, and I don't think our book review is going to take all that long. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about a t-shirt scam that I recently uh, looked at. <laughs> so I was looking for some plain t-shirts, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like most guys like, we we kind of like a little bit of the little bit tighter in the chest, you know. Not like super and long that, arms, you know, show off the guns a little bit, but kind of flare but then out. It flows. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, what was the brand of shirt that I that I do like as a as a plain white? I, I know I had it pulled up because I was actually looking at order one. Uh, uh, what were they called? Uh, next level. So next level shirts, right? And I want to say. I can't remember. There is, I don't remember if it's Teespring or Public. One of the two uses next level shirts and they're great shirts. They are great shirts. And, uh, there was a, like a, I think it was, I don't, I'm not going to name it, but it was like some, Hey, buy our t-shirts. Well, it was, it was like a subscription t-shirt. Like you could subscribe like month to month for like three new t-shirts or whatever, or something like that. Don't do it. You've done enough boxes. No, 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 no. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to, but I, I looked at it and I was like, I wonder if this is like a good place to just buy t-shirts from and not a subscription, but just buy like a three, four pack of t-shirts. Cause they were, they weren't, they were a little, little cheaper than what you would get at Walmart and the Walmart t-shirts are garbage. You know what I mean? I want actual nice, yeah. nice t-shirts, right? So I, I plug in like this brand, this company review. First video that comes up, this dude had zero personality, but he was doing, he was doing God's work. All right. He was exposing <laughs> the truth. And what he figured out is that those t-shirts were just next level t-shirts. They ripped out the tag and then printed their, their logo on the inside of the t-shirt but it was a next level t-shirt and they had a 50% markup on that next level t-shirt. You can get those t-shirts for four to five bucks a piece from another site. And it's just a standard, nice t-shirt. Wow. So we need to do that. Well, you know, so, so the, the only problem with, with our, with our t-shirts and like, I know that I've had, uh, you know, some asks for like show shirts. Um, when we did, or when I when I did, because Darth doesn't do anything. I'm just kidding. But uh, when I when I did a sample for 
I don't remember which one it was. I always confuse Teespring and Teepublic. I think Teepublic is the one that I like, and Teespring is cool, but I don't like their website. But whichever one I used, I bought a sample set of T-shirts. I put the logo in, like high-res logo. <coughs> nothing, nothing wrong. The T-shirts that I got were pretty terrible. Um, they had this like white outline around the logo. I remember that. It wasn't, it wasn't there (laughs) and it wasn't there in the graphic. (laughs) And like, I tried to ask him, it's like, I, you know, I'm looking at this. I understand printing and and all this. I understand there's some things that can go differently, but what I'm telling you is that there is no white background and uh, I don't, you know, I don't remember what the graphic exactly looked like. I don't think that the graphic like internally looked bad, but it was just the outline that looked bad. Was that, am I getting yeah, that right? It was the outline of the Death Star, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but the Death Star itself, the graphic looked fine. And like right. our, our, you know, our, you know, the contingency plan, I think that all looked Yeah, that okay. looked fine. So, but the problem was it was the, the outline that just, it was just a bad print. And I wound up getting those t-shirts for free, but I was like, well, if you can't do this, then, then I'm not doing it. I'm not setting up a page. Um, so then I just nixed the idea. However, on a, in a folder on my computer somewhere, I do have a simplified logo that I made for the t-shirt, um, that I will have to revisit and yes, I probably can, but I don't think I, I don't think it will use the Death Star logo or the Death Star graphic, unless yeah. I can get like a more like what what I would call like an eight bit looking logo. I would do that, but yeah, I'm just not cool. I'm just not artsy enough for that. I'm not artsy enough to get into Photoshop and do that myself. And I'll tell you what, Fiverr. No offense, Fiverr has been very disappointing to me. Really? Yeah, it's been dis- it, it's been disappointing because some of the logos that I've tried to draw up, like people really don't put that much effort into delivering. Hmm. I I, I had you know because of other projects, I've I've attempted to get other logos for my other projects. They come out pretty terrible the first go round, and then I have to do all these edits, and I have to do all these edits. The the one experience that I had great on Fiverr was the theme music for this show. That yeah, went I remember that. That went really really well. And you know what? That wasn't even a great experience because I went through two different guys. The first guy sucked, that guy killed it. And I don't remember who it was. I'll probably have to look that up if I ever want to do theme music again cuz he he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And and if you remember and it was pretty cheap too, wasn't it? <laughs> no, not really. Really? No. I mean, it, I mean, it was, I mean, cheap, I guess is a relative term. I want to say it was probably somewhere in the range of like 60 to 70 bucks. I don't know. I don't think that's too bad. It probably took him a little bit of time to do it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it, that came out really, and if you remember, I wasn't really all that impressed with the song at the beginning. And then I really, really yeah. it grew on me. It grew I, on you after I, like the third podcast, I think. I love our theme. I love our theme. You know, cha- chapter three of Vector Prime. Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I actually really love our theme music. I would, I wouldn't yeah. change that. And that was kind of a riff off of um, Rogue One, some mm-hmm. of the music in Rogue One, because I actually, I think the Rogue One music is some of the best music that they've put out. Rogue One's just some of the best Star Wars there is, honestly. It is great. It is great. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've, I think we've done enough yak and ready to actually talk some Star Wars here. 
time check. Uh, let's give another about two minutes. <laughs> you want to hit that half hour mark before? We get there? <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm going to move us on because I don't have anything else to yak about, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if, um, if you guys do want to interact with us, Facebook is fine. We will, we will reply. We're just not crazy active Twitter at TC plan podcast. You can follow us there. I'll more than just likely, wait for the notifications. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll more than likely get back to you on, on Twitter as well. If you, if you do interact and we do have a few people that interact, which is pretty cool. Um, and then if you, if you just like to, you know, let us know what you're thinking of the episodes or if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss by any means, go ahead and email it to us. TC at gmail.com. And we'll read it on the show if you're cool with it. Uh, but we're, we're more than happy to interact with you. And, and if there's like one person out there who's like crazy interested in a t-shirt with like a logo from us, I do have logo ideas. I have a folder. I have some secret stuff. And, uh, I mean, I would do that. Well, actually again, because we still have about a minute left until we hit that 30 mark. Uh, <laughs> the reason I was doing that was for celebration because I wanted to have a t-shirt for us for celebration. Yeah. So I could rep myself like a yeah. narcissist. <laughs> and then that didn't work out. <laughs> no, I was going to print them off for all of my friends slash minions so that they would also rep me. Well, but also I rep their podcast too and wear their right. shirts around. But, um, Didn't you get like chips to hand out too? I, I do. I still have chips. Yep. I still have one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was another thing I, I bought. Uh, uh, I don't remember the site, but it was, it was just custom poker, poker chips. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They took that graphic and put a really nice graphic on that poker chip and there wasn't any stupid white outline on it. Was there look great? You know, that guy's probably listening right now and you're probably just ruining his evening on, on T on Teespring. He's just like, <laughs> I heard what you said about my, it, well, you screwed I it up. I swear it was supposed to be a clear-ish white outline. Bullcrap. I have the original email. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I, I bought the chips. Well, okay, so 20, 2019 Celebration Chicago, that's what a lot of people were doing. I mean, I went home with so much, like, random cards Merch. and yeah, stuff from people's podcasts, and I... I was like, well, a, a poker chip, and it had a QR code on the back that if you scanned it, it took you to our Podbean page. So I thought that was cooler than handing out business cards, which I do have, which we stick in books. Which and, we do in, yeah, bookstores, we, we stick when we it, remember. <laughs> we stick in random books and half-price books. <laughs> hey, listening to our podcast is super cool. <laughs> One of these days, I'm just going to start putting them in the most random books that have nothing to do with Star Wars, like the old crappy romance novel section. <laughs> <laughs> Some single mother. Well, good anime. <laughs> well, maybe I should listen to these boys. <laughs> this isn't uwu. <sighs> All right, let's go ahead and, and rock on into our book here. So, we we still want to do New Jedi Order stuff, and we are back into New Jedi Order this week with Balance Point. And mm. Balance Point is super appropriate because now we're balancing into what I think are, is the better part of this series. Yeah, it <laughs> like, is. Like we're going to Be- start better, better writers and better stories. Yeah, we're just going to start getting into the books that I remember a little bit better and that I actually really, really enjoy. Um, 
And uh, one thing, just real quick here, so for those of you who maybe have this book, you can still buy them. I mean, I think that they still have them, like, you know, paperback versions available on, like, Amazon or whatever. And, and of course, you well, can I find... Just, I just got this from our half price for, like, two bucks. Right. And that that's the other thing, too. I mean, obviously, they're, they're out there. Um, but the cover for this, I think, is actually kind of interesting. So they yeah. have a great Leia and a uh, kind of Han. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it's like if you remember last book, our last book, The Agents of Chaos Two, like that Han was really bad. Yeah, this this is, this is uh, just kind of a half attempt at Han, and it looks like he's just staring at Anakin right now. By the way, just bad face from book yeah. three and four. I just I, I don't know. It's it's not bad, but it's like it's not it's just not one hundred percent Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have T-Pose guy. Come at me, yeah. bro. <laughs> Tell me what is with T-Pose guy? Who is the T-Pose guy? We may never know. He's probably facing off against Bane or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so let me see here. I think I have the briefest of... Uh, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just do this in, inside flap deal. If, if you're okay with that, I'll read through this real quick. Yeah, yeah. Get you a little bit of a synopsis into this. Um, 333 pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can Kathy get... Kathy Tires, by the way, is the author. Yeah, good call. Um, audible, audible audiobook is available. It is abridged, as we've said, for all of these. Um, and it's it's... As as Darth pointed out before we started recording, this is the like the shortest audio book mm-hmm. I think we've had to this point. What did I say? Three three hundred and ten or three three hundred and ten hours? Uh, three hours ten minutes, I believe it was <laughs> something like that. Yeah, so very very pretty short. Um, but again, unabridged or abridged, so that means you are missing some things. But I think we found that you're actually not missing that much. You're missing a lot of fluff with this series, truthfully. There's some things abridged is terrible, but I don't feel like we've missed much. I've read a few of the books yeah. that we've done abridged. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, so if you just want to run through the the abridged audiobook, honestly, you're going to get the essence of the story. Um, but mm-hmm. again, these books are still pretty readily available on the used market and sometimes on the new market. Um, so if you want to read them, build your collection please do. I still have my existing collection from back in the day. So I just, now I'm just collecting, um, first edition hardcovers. Yeah. Which is very difficult to find. Well, yeah, it kind of can be at least around here. Um, Except for vector. There's plenty of vector. vector That's the only one. Why? (laughs) I don't know. And I think in one of the half price, there's still like a couple of volumes, uh, that were signed by authors, but to like one guy. Yeah. So it's completely useless to have. I'm not, I'm not a signature chaser, but sometimes it's kind of cool. But if it's, if it's made out to somebody specific, it's like, well, but I don't want it because it's not mine. Unless you're lucky enough to find one with your name in it, but (laughs) that'd be sick. It never happens. That'd be like a twilight (laughs) zone episode. Yeah. Thank you for, for purchasing this book. Bleepity bleep. You can't know my real name. What are you guys thinking? <laughs> Just if you see your full name in a right. book. Oh my God, they're watching me. 
<laughs> Did I buy this book? Did I donate it? Has it been here all along waiting for me? Oh my goodness. Yeah, a little, little Do I have amnesia? <laughs> inception there. All right, so here's from the inside flap. Uh, there's no place to channel the flood of refugees fleeing the murderous Yuzenvong, but the overcrowded planet Duro, poisoned by centuries of technological excess. F- wow, this is really, okay, inter- interesting sentence structure. It's like poisoned by centuries of technological, technological excess. Fortunately, a deal is struck. In exchange for a new home, the refugees will work to restore the planet to health under the watchful eye of Leia Organa Solo. While tempers flare between the Duros and the New Republic, Han Solo, his son Jason, and the Wren called Droma arrive to keep the peace. They are unaware that Leia is on Duro, and that Lua, Lua, oh, I can't even, I'm just terrible today. And Luke and Mara, I was like trying to, trying to. You're shipping. You're yeah, shipping them. It's not even a good <laughs> ship. Uh, and that Luke and Mara and Anakin are on their way searching for a missing Jedi apprentice. And none realize that the Yuuzhan Vong have chosen this embattled planet as their next target in their brutal coreward thrust. <laughs> coreward thrust. thrust. You know what? That might be a cool band name. Coreward thrust. <laughs> you now, know, that'd be a really good uh, fatality. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that would be. That'd be great. Now, as the fragile stability on Duro threatens to collapse into violence... Jason Solo must face his greatest dilemma. At what point does use of power become aggression? Whatever he decides, his next step could tip the galaxy's destiny towards the light or towards darkness with the life of someone he loves hanging in the balance. Because he's just that important. (laughs) Yes, one very self-important individual. (laughs) All right. So, you know, I do think that this, this book was, was pretty interesting. Um, we get the whole crew, you know, we're, we're, we're having the whole crew in this one. And in in a lot of, in a lot of our previous books, they were all passing each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And now we get some more intersection, which I think is kind of neat. And we get a decent amount of Mara. Which is always nice. Yes. Yeah, for sure. We're gonna have to, you know, jump into some other series that are a little bit more Mara centric at some point because I got a couple of the Mara books. You gave me one, I have another. Yeah. So I'd love to do that. Yeah, we'll we'll get into those at some point. Sick character. Um she is present here, but uh through this series, there's a little bit of imp- impedance with her character, and we'll get to that as we as we kind of uh, go through here. And obviously, prior she was sick. Yeah. Well, we kind of start this book on not a great note. Uh, Jaina is off with Rogue Squadron, battling uh, the Yuuzhan Vong uh, planet Kalarba. Kalarba, and poor Sparky. R.I.P. Sparky. Sparky the Jastromech. Sparky. I don't, you know, it, it was kind of wrapped up a little bit here, but um, she was too close to a ship that exploded, one of mm-hmm. her comrades. And 
she basically goes EV, so she's out of her ship. The description on that was kind of cool, though. You know, like the crack in the mm-hmm. ship, and um, yeah, a little, little bit better than Light of the Jedi with old uh, what's his name Skier. Oh, when that happens just with getting, him, <laughs> just getting impaled. Yeah, <laughs> there was nothing there. He he was impaled, and that was it. Read the comic, and you'll see a picture of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but so. She is suffering from uh, kind of a, not a blindness, but vision impairment. Um, Through the radiation from the engine exploding around her. Right. But crazy way to set off the book. Because, like, yeah, um, Jane is my favorite through this series. And it's like, oh, that was a close call, man. And I and yeah. actually, that, I think that's kind of a good descriptor of this book. It's like a really close call. And we also have in, you know, in a different place, but we have Jason feeling this mm-hmm. as well through the force and kind of going down, having a force vision. Um, he sees Luke battling the Yuzen Vong. He sees him throwing a lightsaber to him that he can't catch. It's like he's stumbling around like he can't control his dream, you know. It's like a, you know, he's dopey out there. Yeah. And there's kind of this background description of basically the light and the dark in this balance point as force <laughs> is getting ready to shift in a direction. It's something he mentions quite a few times throughout the book is he can sense a shift in the force. Right. And, and the vision has a lot to do with that. True. Now, during this vision, he does hear a voice telling him to stand firm, which he interprets as his current direction of effectively cutting himself off from the force. Stand firm. He's using the force to, you know, have this vision, technically. Well, true, but like trying to to step away from being a Jedi, that is standing firm. Yeah. We'll talk about this a little more as we go through because it comes up later. Mm-hmm. But that's where he's at here. And he he vows to suppress his force abilities for the rest of his life, essentially. Which is kind of crazy. A little crazy. Now it does kind of bring up one thing, though. There's been quite a few Jedi that just completely cut themselves off from the force. I kind of wonder what kept him from doing that, other than just the sake of the series. Because in all intents and purposes, how he's explained his interaction with the Force, it would make sense for him to do that. Well, let's actually talk about the dilemma here. Because the dilemma stems from our last book and Centerpoint mm-hmm. Station. Old fracking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is, is that at the end of our book, our last book, we had a Yuzen Vong fleet with, um, who was the other uh, half of that fleet? Do you remember the our, our friendly mm-hmm. side? Um, the I, name escapes. Maybe. Yeah, it, it's not, not hugely important to this point, but their, was it their, it was their cousin, right? Solo cousin? Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was his cousin. Yeah, you can't remember the name either, can you, son of a... Fracking Sal Solo, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Something like that. It's like Sal, <laughs> Sal Solo. So anyway, they had brought Anakin 
it was mainly Anakin that they wanted because they had he had interacted with Center Point in the past. And they wanted Anakin to interact with the station again. It basically like bioprinted on him. And they wanted to use this interdiction field to effectively keep the Yuuzhan Vong in their space so they could pick them off with this extra force. Well, there was a dilemma that Jason levies on his brother saying, you know, effectively we're not killers. You know, we're not, right. you can't fire this weapon. You can't do it. The issue becomes that Sal goes through and fires a weapon and destroys like darn near everybody. Including and damages the, the weapon in the process. Yeah, including the friendly force and, yes, damages the weapon. And Anakin said that he believes he could have safely fired the weapon, killed the Yuuzhan Vong, and left the friendly force intact and the weapon potentially intact as well. Mm-hmm. So Jason has sort of retreated into himself saying, with doubt, maybe he could have. Maybe, I don't know. But... His brother trusted him. Anakin trusted Jason. And at the end of the day, the decision caused more, potentially caused more problems. It's a what if scenario. We don't know if Anakin could have actually done this. But showing his abilities in prior books, like the connection between the twins and leading them through that asteroid field, we kind of, I kind of get the, um, the read that he probably could have. Like, he probably could do yeah. more than his other siblings, potentially, at this point. Like, he just seems more open. Mm-hmm. And this has been eating at Jason. So, this is Jason's sort of quick bandage fix. Uh, we're j- I'm just going to cut myself off. And this vision's telling me to stand firm, so I'm going to continue to do it. Yeah. And my mom's going to send me off on a diplomatic mission. <laughs> <laughs> Negotiations. They'll Are, be very short. Will they be short? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were short. Oh man. Well, moving on here a little bit, we get a little bit with Mara. And I actually thought this was kind of this was kind of interesting. So Mara starts to feel something inside of herself. Mm-hmm. And if you remember like when they were talking with uh, some of the politicians with Luke, which coincidentally, God, these politicians need to go away. Like I yeah, so, need to all get just, you know, it's just, it's just such the last a Jedi. <laughs> it's such a deterrent against like this galactic government. Like yeah. one day we're going to have to talk more in depth about the, the flaws, the continued flaws in every single galactic government we find here canon non-canon it doesn't matter it just never works man never works does does it well mara discovers that she is pregnant Mm -hmm. and what i thought was super interesting about this is she's looking inside herself and she's like oh it's a it's a a tumor it's a tumor the cells are multiplying much faster than my own so what she's what's she gonna do is she just gonna gonna force she's gonna force zappa so yeah. so Jedi can its blood flow. Jedi cannot get cancer. Jedi cannot have like tumors. And that's essentially what we're saying. But then that kind of brings up a question. Has there been any Jedi that just died from a sickness that they could have yeah. easily cured? 
I mean, I mean, force force heal's always been a thing, but we never really think about force heal. I guess, do we? Not really, but I mean, this is like internal medicine. This isn't just yeah. like you know, like just transferring force essence or like meditative healing. I mean, this is like she's gonna like scalpel off some tumors, you know. This it, is just something you don't get in the movies. Something I love about books. They just come up with the most ridiculous force power. Have you ever played that um, or seen uh, what was that game called? It's like a it's like a really derpy computer doctor game where you're like with the mouse and you're oh crap what is I've that? I've seen it. I've I've watched it be played, but I haven't. Dang, played. I can't. I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. They 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 did a pretty decent update of it here in the past couple of years, but anyway, it's that's like Surgeon Simulator. Surgeon, that's Got what it. it's called, Surgeon Simulator. I, I, I just I, I just imagine like you see Mara like she's meditating and then all of a sudden you get like a and then inside of her is just like this little hand just wiggling around her intestines and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't need this spleen. <laughs> I just I just imagine Surgeon Simulator. Baby ben Skywalker. <laughs> oh my god. It would but I, I do think that, that was interesting. So potentially we are saying that the Jedi could never have some issue with, with a blood um, related issue of any kind, tumors, any mm-hmm. sort of metastasization of any, uh, they, they wouldn't potentially have any issues, which kind of just goes back to how terrible this disease was. She had that she could not deal with it. Right. And she probably would have learned quite a bit in the attempt to try and deal with it. I'm sure. So it makes sense that she would be, hypersensitive to any changes in her body. She'd be watching out for anything going on. She's still got some tears left, but not much. So she's worried. Do the Jedi get the flu? I think we're just asking too many questions and need to move on. Well, I'm just saying, it's like, how do, how do viruses work for Jedi? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of an interesting medicinal thing. But yeah. You just kind of use the force and grab every... Every single, you know, whatever you would call them, and just like throw them out of your body all at once. Just heap them all together. <laughs> yeah. Every little antibody, everything. That's there's some. You. There's some beefy antibodies. All right. Um, so Mara is pregnant, and she shares this with Luke. And and I, I like Luke's reactions in this book. You know, he's yeah. he's, he's in, just excited. Yeah, but he's intensely. You can just tell how much he loves her, you know, and Mm -hmm. the relationship that they have that, but even with that, you know, we even get, we even get points in here where, where Mara is privy and, you know, a lot of people are privy just to the power, the power that Luke has and the power that his emotions can, can, you know, put you in mind of even during Jason's vision when he saw Luke surrounded by the darkness displayed by the Yuuzhan Vong, but he was such a strong and intimidating light. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the thing that I think a lot of people who, you know, maybe grew up in the EU miss about current Luke. Because Luke, was, this was Luke. He was the epitome of the light. He was strong and intimidating. There was like nothing he couldn't do. He was like a flipping superhero, you know? And obviously he was the first one to learn how to use the force against beings that just aren't interactive with the force whatsoever. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to think about. Yeah. 
But I mean, obviously Luke was older in the in the sequels, and and we get that, and he was beat down, you know, by potential failures. But again, sometimes you really like to see the guy win. You know, you just yeah. and that's yeah. why people are so excited about the Mandalorian when he just comes slashing through and beating all these robots that you know. Well, we still get to potentially see a different side of Luke. You know, this side of Luke. Yeah, but he he is he is just the essence of light at this point. And, you know, even despite going up against these enemies in Jason's vision, he's still, he's still, and his uncle even catches him in the vision too. He's constantly there. Like there's nothing too big for Master Luke. Right. And that, and sometimes you need that. You need that Steven Seagal just throat punching, you know, bad 80s, bad guys over and over again. Sometimes you need to win. Mm-hmm. You need that. Yeah. You need that. Just that unassailable win, and that is what Luke in, in in much of the EU was. Now, granted, you take the good, you take the bad. You have to have light in order to have darkness, or darkness to have light, and vice versa. We even get into that a little bit here too. But again, just having a having a full strength Luke is such a fun thing to see. Uh, let's see here now. There are some concerns that Mara has uh, with the sickness that she had, and and here's another thing: she she talks about only having a few more tears left, so she's not a hundred percent. It's right. like she's had to use this multiple times, essentially. Yeah, so it makes you wonder about how virulent this virus is, and if it's still still there. I mean, it, yeah, know, and we really don't get into that anymore. I mean, that's not I mean, really. They say that, and then that's it. They don't think about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's like, will she ever be 100%? Is there any possibility that she could ever be 100% again? You know what I mean? Right. But she does worry about this child. Will this child somehow be, you know, like tainted or corrupted? Mm-hmm. And that's that's heavy, man. That's heavy for a parent to, to think about that. Well, you, I mean, that could bring a lot of different things to light. Yeah, we had... It's a short book. Let's just get into something. For for force sensitives, and I kind of have always wondered if this is the reason why the Jedi don't believe in, you know, forming attachments and having children. Can you potentially corrupt your child as you're carrying them if you're going through enough terrible things as a Jedi? You know, think about what. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. think about all the terrible things that Mara's going through, all the death and destruction. She's around the pain she feels. Could she somehow corrupt her son in the womb, just transferring all that hatred? Maybe, yeah. And maybe that's why the Jedi just completely are against forming attachment because they don't want their own breeding Sith, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I I, I get that. Um I don't obviously I don't really think that that's the reason why. I mean, I think that they're just I think it's more a fear thing of attachment and loss than anything else, but yeah, it is it is an interesting an interesting sort of thing, but it does then kind of cast a bit of a disparagement on on Leia's pregnancy for like canon for Ben. Did yeah. did the potential evils of her of her father and all of the things that she went through 
in the rebellion. And then even afterwards, when she would have been carrying Ben, trying to help this, this uh, burgeoning sort of like uh, government get off the ground, you know, mm-hmm. did some of that contribute or is that even a thing? You know what I mean? But it, it is interesting, the, the whole leech effect. Um, and could I, that go for non-force sensitive too? You know, like, was he able to leech any of Han's negative emotions as well? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know. It's an interesting thought, though. I, I don't necessarily put too much into it, but it, it is definitely an interesting thought. Uh, let's see here. So just as far as a little bit more of the plot here, we do realize that some of the shipments to this little colony are not making it there. And that was Jason's sort of diplomatic run to the, uh, was it the vice director, Durgard bra, bra run, (laughs) you know, bra run, (laughs) bra run. Um, and Luke and, and Mara and Anakin are also here too. Now they're. Um, do you remember what who they were masquerading as? Because they had some disguises here. Uh, what's that race? Uh, I don't think it's a huge huge issue, but yeah, I'm not sure. It anyway. was kind of a funny interaction, like when Mara gets all dressed up, and, like just the way she interacts with Anakin. It's like, don't let your jaw drop to the floor. Like, yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> a little weird. That's one of those hits your sister, hit your sister, hit your sister <laughs> type of moments, you know. And it's you just got aunt, Luke in the background leaning on a wall, just watching. Like this is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be young again, man! I remember back in the day, I was getting those power converters, hitting on the chicks. <sighs> Good times. So, Luke and and Mara and Anakin do go into the capital disguise and and as we heard in the the intro there they were looking for one of the apprentices that had went missing mm-hmm. what a what kind of a terrible got a terrible end of that storyline yeah that was so so short it was just so abrupt the way we find out what happens it was almost like okay is this just because it's a bridge or not kind of thing, honestly. No, well, no, her, her end. I was actually trying, trying to find her, her name. Oh my goodness. There are a lot of names in here and I don't really want to. <laughs> There's a lot of names, but really not a lot of characters when you think about it. Well, there are, and there aren't, um, a lot of returning people, I should say. Yeah, it doesn't look like I'm going to find this name easy enough. But um the the apprentice was was killed and he Luke sees this vision through a rhodian. Mm-hmm. And it it's pretty brutal because it was if I remember the description it was like, you know, they're like rolling a bloody body out of an airlock or something like that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And you could tell from the wounds that the death didn't come quickly. Yeah. And there is a there is a strange kind of air of like sacrificing for the greater good. It's not just doing good; it's sacrifice. There's a lot about sacrifice here as as opposed to just doing good. 
Um, Luke, Luke takes a lot of this on his own shoulders. I mean, he blames himself in a way for this girl's death because he's the one that asked all of these Jedi to make the ultimate sacrifice if need be for the galaxy. And it weighs very heavily on him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, I mean, that is, I mean, that's the crux of the matter. He, he is, he's the master, you know, he is the, um, the person effectively handing out a lot of the marching orders. I mean, not, not everybody, Obviously, you know, we have our, our sort of roguey Kip Durans out there, but mm-hmm. in the in the grander scheme of things, yeah, it it is it is much more on Luke's shoulders and, and that's you know, I mean it is kind of a part of leadership though, if you really think about it. And yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think it, I, I just think it's difficult. I think it's really difficult to get through a lot of that without, without loss. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of old Kip, we actually get an acknowledgement of his past that we haven't gotten before this point. We have a little conversation between Rhonda and Jason and Rhonda brings up Kip and Jason just like clenches his fist. It's like, I know that you like him, but he did kill millions of people. Really? I really don't think yeah. he's that great of a Jedi. I did find Rhonda's that just like ah, he was just young. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I did find the name of the um, the apprentice though, uh, Thryne Vey. That's an interesting one. I'm not. I'm probably not uh, pronouncing that very uh, very well. And her master was uh, Thracina Lobi. I think that's the thing that was most weird. We didn't even get you know, a page where they go to her and tell her about it. It's like, Oh, it's going to really suck when we have to tell her about that. Yeah, that's right. I don't, yeah, I don't think I remember them having any of that, which is too bad. Um, however, I think we're going to hear more about, about, uh, Loby here, master Loby at some point, um, down the road. So we'll, hopefully, I mean, I know that she's in some other other stuff. Obviously, Apprentice isn't. Um, but yeah. So we also learn that our director here is kind of a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, they've been infiltrated here, and he is sort of a part of, uh, a part of that... Um, kind of like sympathizer movement. Mm -hmm. And the plan is to get Jason to the Yuzen Vong. Because the Yuzen Vong want Jedi so they can learn, learn about the Jedi. They actually do have a sizable amount of fear. This is their greatest enemy here is the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And they target Jason. I think they target Jason for a few reasons. One, because they think he's a coward. He ran from Coruscant. They find him to be a coward. They won't even say his name in the yeah. early parts here. He, his name isn't even worthy of being said because he's a coward. And in their culture, they just they can't, they can't abide that. And that you, you had mentioned Rhonda, who is um, our resident 
hut. <laughs> or nice hut, kind of. Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting hut, a different, different hut. Yeah. Well, he, he's going through here trying to bargain for the huts for Tatooine. They just want a planet to be left alone on, mm-hmm. um, doing this for Borga. And get he's able to get a message off to the huts to get to the Yuzen Vong. And then the Yuzen Vong, there's an infiltrator in our midst, and they get him a villip. Now, the interesting thing about Rhonda, though, is that instantaneously upon making a deal to get Jason to them, realizes this is a big mistake. Should have mm-hmm. never done it. I have to I have to make good, which is odd for a hut. It's extremely odd. We only have a few good huts in Star Wars history. I think there was like a Jedi hut and then him <laughs> and maybe one other. No, that would that'd be an interesting one. A Jedi yeah. hut. I don't I don't remember that. That's interesting. We might have to dive into that a little bit. Um but almost instantaneously, Rhonda is trying to get it's like uh, calls up old Senator Vicky Shesh, Vicky? you know? Yeah. It's the like, last person you should call, by the way. But it's yep. not like you would know that. No, they don't. Uh, oh, Vicky. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, like, they're kind of, we got, we need more people here. They're going to come and get those guys. And uh, just tell Leia. Have fun. Yeah. And, of course, don't Leia. Die. Right. And then Leia and them, they don't really want to listen. And they only even figure out that he has the villip. When Jaina comes to him, yeah. gives him a little smack around, you know, what, what are you doing with that? Huh? What are you doing with it? it it's, it's like a comedy sketch or, or like, mm. um, what, what was the, the Rudolph with the, with the, uh, the prospector, you know, with the abominable that's all I can imagine. She's just like smacking him around a little bit. She's like, come on, Philip, what are you doing with that stupid Philip? Just a couple smacks the, here the and there. That kind of helps with that image too. <laughs> What was that? The way that it's read inaudible, that kind of helps with that image too. It's yeah. Like, oh yeah, I really believe you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So J- Jaina does take the take the villip, and man, Rhonda R- just seems like the, the goose is cooked. But actually, does come come up a little bit here later, and we'll get to that. Um. Now, one other thing that I thought was kind of interesting is we did have someone come to Jason to effectively give him a speeder. Uh, something, Someone who had knew him before, it's like, you won't remember me, but here's a speeder. You're probably going to have to leave pretty quick. Um, so there are other people in the midst here that know that there's something wrong. Well, eventually they do book it out, get back, but as soon as they get back to their mother... They're being attacked. The yeah. Yuzen Vong are here, and uh, you know they're they're in some pretty dire straits. We get a lot of uh, mining as well, <laughs> a, mm-hmm. lot, a lot of underground stuff. But before that even happens, we got to talk about the imposter. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> it's Nom Anor. <laughs> Yeah, you probably don't remember the name of the um, of the person he was in, impersonating, do you? Uh, I think I saw that in the synopsis. Let me just look for that. Yeah, we're we're always we're we are the most we're prepared. always prepared. 
We're the most prepared podcast with all it's the names. It's a lot to remember. <laughs> so many names. We're bad at regular names. This is just like our crotch. We can't. We cannot improve in this category. No, we we never will. We never will. Um, gosh, and and it, it's actually it's actually worse uh, with Nam because he's been around for so long, and yeah, it just says uh, posing as a New Republic scientist at Gateway Dome. It doesn't say. Well, anyway, the, he he had a name, and this was something that you know, kind of definitely that Leia registered because she names this guy along with like Chewie and and so forth. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, you keep taking and taking, but anyway, Mara is still posing in her costume with like you know, slave Jaina or something. Yeah. <laughs> they go to this doctor to you know, kind of, actually more like just talk to him. It wasn't so much about anything more than talking. And Jaina starts with the force trying to like tug at the, the maskers, uh, poke, just poke. Yeah. It's, it's poke like it. poking them. It's like, Hey, stop. Oh God, my nose is so itchy. Right? Well, which doesn't that, have a nose. that species have doesn't a nose. have a nose, but, <laughs> Oh, what the hell? Oh, it's all tickly. Uh, you know, and oh, there it goes. Oh, Hey, look, using Vong. <laughs> um, Nom gets away. He gets away again. Dad blast it. Can't ever catch that Nominor. He's Nami. Uh, kind of drops drops the entire uh cave on him. Which yeah. was a really cool which he th- had little hey, little creatures to do that. It was a contingency plan for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I went there. I used that word. Well, this actually displays <laughs> kind of oh. oh, there's a dog. <laughs> my beagle. My beagle is mad. So sorry, folks. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> So th- this does display some of the power of Mara, though. She she's able to have a you know, force bubble encapsulating them from the falling debris, and they kind of maneuver their way out of it, moving certain parts of rock, and you know that still, was a pretty still... intense scene to imagine. I mean, it's taking like hours for them to move this, and like at one point she's thinking about making Jaina go into like a stasis almost, right? waiting for Luke to come get them. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's cool. It displays it, you know, again, she she has great power within the Force, and she can do many, many things that some wouldn't, you know? Very powerful. Yeah, yeah. So powerful. So anyway, back to so, the Yuzen Vong so attacking. So amazing. Back to the Yuzen Vong attacking. <laughs> Man, this gets really messy really quick. So our our Ren friends are are attempting to, you know, kind of come together and, and escape. Now the Yuzen Vong kind of have an interesting proposal. They say, hey, I mean, we'll be friends. You you, you fly away, we'll destroy you. You resist and we'll destroy you. But if you don't, we'll be friends. We'll be super cool with each other. It'll be great. You'll be slaves, but that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but we'll be we'll be friends, you know. It'll be fine. It'll be like like that thing that Vicky was talking about, peace. Yeah, yeah. peace. <laughs> well, obviously not going that way. Leia gets captured, and this was kind of an interesting theological discussion here between the war coordinator 
and and Leia, where you know, or, or, or uh, coincidentally, I, I actually think I brought up that that name. Maybe I didn't. The war coordinator. Yeah, the the actual name. I don't think I actually did. Well, that's not good. The war coordinator or the war war master. Uh, uh, Sovereign law. Yeah, sovereign law. So they have this this debate where lies is saying, you know, that basically the law of the land is death, and it's Leia's like, well, you can't have death without life. Life always become comes before, and he, you know, he's like, you're a, you're a blasphemer. You know, you don't know yeah. what he's talking about. So at, it, it displays at the very basic level the yin and yang of these two opposing forces. One mm-hmm. is revolving around death, while the other one is supposed to be revolving around life. And which wins out? Because in all honesty, death does normally win out. I mean, at the mm-hmm. end, we all die. But but you live. You live life. But you live through the force, even after death, in a way. I mean, if you're cool like Qui-Gon Jinn. Or Leia. Or Anakin. <laughs> or Luke. Or, or in some cases, literally all Yoda. the Jedi of certain eras. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever we wanted to to speak to uh, Ray on Exegol, <laughs> you know it's fun. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's like they kind of have taken Force Ghost, and it's almost like an anime arc where, like at the beginning, only the most powerful can use this ultimate technique, and then like a season later, everyone's using this ultimate technique, and it's not important anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, and and the way I've o- always chose to see this is everybody. All the Jedi who die live through the Force, so you, you right. do have some sort of afterlife. And I, I think, I hope, I would think that that applies to all people because we're all living within the Force. Mm-hmm. It's a select few that are able to then project themselves past that sort of mortal veil and be seen in our sort of reality. So right. I think at that point it takes either the training, the knowledge, or the the really the the connection and power the raw with the powers, or again, if we need them to talk to Ray, in right in on Exegol, um, and then it just kind of becomes like when all the ships come in. It's like let's just uh, every ship that's ever been made in Star Wars. That was, <laughs> we might have some duplicates because of the way we're doing this, but it, no one's going to see it. It's too much. Of a that's still it, that was pretty cool. I did. It like, was. Cool. I did. It like was cool the way they did that. Um. But anyway, so the the War Master is you can tell there was some impatience there with Leia. Because Leia does make sense, you know. I mean, she she's a diplomat, she's a smart person. Mm-hmm. Um they do, however, like directly call her out as a Jedi. She's like, Well, I'm not really like a not really a Jedi. I mean, not really. Not enough for you to kill me. Yeah, don't <laughs> I mean, don't kill me or anything. And, I mean, uh, I was just totally attacking you with a lightsaber, but I'm not a Jedi. I'm not a Jedi. Yes, and we see Leia's lightsaber here. Well, we don't mm-hmm. see it. We read about it. Um, and while all this is going on, the Yuz and Vong do have a nice little death pit going on, <laughs> which is the same thing that they did on Ramamul with all the droids mm-hmm. and everything. This is just kind of how they do do their thing. But, but now also, we got people. Yeah, they're also throwing people in the pit. Yeah. Droid, in the pit. You, in the pit. But I don't want to go in the pit. In the pit. Um. Now this is this is also along where, you know, the the Yuzen Vong do kind of 
forget about little things like, oh, this is Leia's office. Yeah. Let's just put her in the cloak coat closet. Nothing will right. happen here. Um, and you just ruled her as a Jedi. You just pointed her out as a Jedi. And it's like, well, nothing. Put her in the closet with Rhonda. Oh, yeah, Rhonda's there. That's pretty sick. Yeah, give her a cellmate. That'll help. Yeah. Well, Leia is able to reach how's, out. How's Rhonda fitting in that closet, by the way? It's a big closet. Apparently. A lot of shoes. Maybe some moms. She's well, she's well paid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she is able to reach out to the Force. Uh, you know, Jason, Jason has already made a decision to come and help her. Uh, while Jaina, you know, is kind of trying to alert everybody. Which she's still blind, by the way. Just uh, pointing it out. I mean, you know. Still just, slightly, slightly blind. Just mostly blind. Still being BA. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, doesn't really get pointed out as a hindrance because she's still able to feel everything through the force, which is pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, if only Jiren <laughs> would have been a little bit more. Of the force. <laughs> Who knows? He might have been. Jiren was a cool character, too. Um so we do have a couple of escape attempts, which I think are kind of funny. Well, not funny, a little more tragic, but anyway, dark humor. Rhonda actually attempts to lead sort of escape attempt number one. And this, again, this is a hut that it's so odd. Rhonda actually kind of tries to help Leia escape. As a, as yeah. a payment for what he had did. Cause like it's odd. He knows that bargaining her child was the wrong thing to do. He knew it. He, he, he's like, he's almost fighting his inner hut. Yeah. His own nature. It, yeah. It, it's just so odd. It's odd to me to think that this hut is like, has a conscience, you know, could you think of Jabba well, trying to save anybody? Jeez. If you think it's odd for you, think about Leia. She's had much worse experience with huts than we have. Very true. <laughs> Well, Rhonda is unfortunately killed by um, Laz uh, Priestess uh, Vecta, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he's taken to the kitchen. E- oh, yeah. Yeah. We're having but a slug d- tonight. D- doesn't, get, doesn't get taken to the kitchen, though. No. Some stuff happens, you know. Well, Jason, uh, Jason to the rescue, I guess. Jason, Jason, Jason. And this is kind of where we have the intersection of his vision and reality, mm-hmm. where stand firm meant nothing to do with his previous interpretation. And this, I think, is, is a problem that Jason has. His interpretation of the Force and his visions is knee-jerk, and he doesn't know how to truly interpret these things yet mm-hmm. because this voice telling him to stand firm is more against the storm. He doesn't even know what he's really standing for. So how can he know what to stand firm for? True. <laughs> and this is a, this is a part where, so J- Jason and law kind of, they, they have a, have a duel essentially. Mm-hmm. And Jason is able to defeat him. Doesn't kill him, but he does defeat him with chairs. Yeah, he knocks him out of the window. Uh, yeah, it's throwing off his furniture. Stop it! What? Stop that! No, fight me for real! No, stop it! And then out the window you go. <laughs> but it is cool. I mean, it, you know, he moves the desk at him, traps him with the desk for a bit, 
And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's right back in the force. He's right back here. His, his connection is still strong. He just needed to know what standing firm is. And I think, I think the essence of stand firm is believe in yourself, stand with the force. Yeah. And I mean, I, obviously we already kind of know what happens throughout these books, but you could interpret that vision many ways, but I think for me, what makes sense is so in this vision, we're not really seeing necessarily Luke and a using Vong fighting. That's just how he interprets it in his own mind. Yeah. What we're really seeing is the inner turmoil of his light and dark sides fighting the light side, trying to reach out a hand by throwing him the lightsaber and saying, stand firm in yeah. force. And I think that's what ends up culminating in all of this. He's just kind of in the middle trying to stay, not even in the middle. He's kind of in the background trying to stay away from both the light and darkness. Yeah. And, and again, we're not going to go into where the arcs actually go right now. We will obviously as the books come up, but again, when we're seeing this initial vision, he realizes how much stronger the force is, how much stronger the light is. It's just so easy to go to the dark. And, um, at least for now, he's where he should be. Yeah. Um, after this, uh, I mean, we, again, we have the, the sacrifice of the survivors, you know, by, by the Vong, um, law survives the fall, but he broke his foot. Um, the, the Vong also have the capability to broadcast on the new Republic frequencies, which is bad for propaganda. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and using the Gokus. They're using the Gokus. Yeah. And Law transmits out that says, if you surrender all the Jedi or kill them, bring me anyone, and they name Jason uh, specifically, that the invasion will halt and they will not attack Coruscant. Which is cute. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone believes that. But again, I mean, th- these are tactics. Give me these things and I will eliminate, you know, I, I, I will stop. We'll stop. This is what we want. Of course, that's not true. Um, but there are a lot of people that are turning against the Republic, people that had benefited from the Republic, but because because the republic always fails to truly build itself the right way to truly have a, tr- a, a moral code to really look at how much they've failed with the rin they've completely right. failed that entire species yeah I- exactly but i mean just just to help when help need is needed and to stop worrying about ruling everything just yeah. help be be a force of good because they can never get that right and they they turn too much to to this governing body that becomes corrupt because they can never it's just too big you can't rule yeah. a galaxy and that's the thing yeah. the only way we found to truly rule a galaxy was what emperor palpatine did under an iron fist 
you, I mean, the High Republic had this idealistic building phase, but there is always somebody bad out in this galaxy to, to try and ruin it. And if you're not strong enough to overcome those dark aspects of things, this is what you get mm-hmm. every time. It's what you get every time. And it, it's disheartening because the people that probably could have done the most they're casually always thrown to the side. And and, in my opinion, that's Leia who should have been chancellor through all this. Leia Organa, no doubt about it. Not Mon Mothma, not, not (coughs) anyone else. Leia Organa. I think with the, with the, the caveat that Leia actually has the power to act. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, they they literally pit the Yuuzhan Vong against the worst possible group ruling the galaxy at the time. It, it almost takes away from how powerful the Yuuzhan Vong are, but it also makes you wonder, you know, would Palpatine have had this much trouble with the Yuuzhan Vong? Do you think he would have? Um, well, I mean, that's an interesting thought. Palpatine had much more powerful weapons. Um mm-hmm. Granted, I, I I don't think the the Death Star is particularly impressive against that. Um, but say no. if you had like more of the weapons from the sequel trilogy, then yeah, I, I could see that. But even then, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know. I think that the Empire was a, a lot more um, a lot more controlled. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't know. That's an interesting question. I'm not sure about that. Not That'd sure. be worth a video someday, just analyzing that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like at the first, because the Yuuzhan Vong probed into the galaxy, I feel like the Emperor would have just blasted him to kingdom come. Yeah. Sacrificed Useful planets. Just destroyed. Well, yeah, that too, for that matter. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you know, Ramamul or, or any of these, but I don't think it would have been an issue for him as much. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that that's good, but I'm just saying that I, I yeah, I don't know, man. I think the Yuuzhan Vong brought, well, because at the beginning they were so, they were kind of timid. They were, they were sussing things out. They were trying to figure out that they had to get a base, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I don't think the emperor would have had as much trouble. I just think the Republic's oh. always been in such a disarray and they fail to trust the Jedi. And even then the Jedi maybe aren't fully trustworthy either. But there again, there, there's always an issue, and I think it's an issue in real life too, where good people don't always get in positions where they can do the most good because well, there's always a game. Because I would say maybe sometimes because they're good people and they're just not willing to do what it takes to get that power to actually make a difference in some situations. Well, it, it, unfortunately, it's, it, it's the fundamental politics is one of those things. Well, it's the fundamental drive for power. Good people generally don't want power. They just want to do good. Having power is is a is actually more of a falsity because at the end you all die in your bed, man. You know, it what what is the pursuit or getting of getting thrown down a reactor mm, shaft. Very true. Hey, but you have clones, it's fine. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the pursuit of power is an illogical fallacy. I mean, it's something that the human race has a big problem with, but it doesn't actually get you any closer to absolution. You know, you, you, you will, everybody will die in the same 
manner. Well, they'll die the same way. It's the manner in which you die. You can't right. cheat. You can't cheat death, which is kind of an interesting part of the use of Ong. They understand that you can't cheat death, so they live for. They almost live for death. It's not well, they're really kind of right like Vikings in a way when you think about it. Kind of, yeah. It's it's the it's the type of death that they receive that's important to them, not whether or not they're going to die. Yeah, I remember a lot of Vikings trying to you know detach their limbs for crab claws and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> remember. <laughs> You remember. We, we've been doing a lot of remembering today, which is definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it's it's tough, and we're we're still in for it, man. Uh, you know, we talk about the balancing point, but we are we. It feels further further over the ledge, man. It feels like we're really we're really falling down the chasm at this point. The Yuzen mm-hmm. Vong are continuing to make inroads. And it, it almost feels sort of like the resistance from the sequel trilogy is like they're dwindling. The numbers are dwindling and planets are sort of turning against the Republic and the Republic itself isn't being helpful. They're not really being yeah. helpful. And, and right now the, the bigger issue is, is that there's still a Republic in the sequels. The Republic was destroyed. The planets were destroyed. Right. Right now there is still a Republic, but they're still not, they're still not doing it. They're still not doing enough or anything in some cases. It just feels like Leia and her children and Luke and Mara and Han just legitimately out there fighting their own private war. Yeah, and it ultimately makes all these victories seem a bit hollow. Like let's <laughs> I well, mean, let's what just kind of jump, you know. <laughs> well, let's just kind of jump into near the end of this book. I mean, it's kind of it's weird. Like the way that they portray this battle, it's almost like a sitcom in a way, like the jokes they're making everything. Oh, what's his count up to? You better watch that kid. He might be a good candidate for rogue squadron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, you're winning, but you're really not winning anything in this battle whatsoever. I mean, there are so many people dying around you, sat being sacrificed around you. And it's just the way it ends. is kind of weird. It's like we're supposed to feel good about what happened and nothing good really happened. Yeah. Other than just a defeat of a guy who's just going to come back 10 times stronger next time. Well, I mean, the issue here is the, the new Republic didn't win. The planet was taken. Survivors right. yeah. were, were killed. Um, the it's new Republic the solos and skywalkers. Yeah. I mean, the, the, well, the Republic was able to save some refugees, but yeah, I mean, basically the, the Yuzen Vong won again, yeah. and and they're continuing to make inroads. They wanted this planet so that they could, you know, launch further into the core, into the core planets. I mean, this is like th- this is this is their sort of final push to the to the middle. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, it's obviously not looking good. If you talk about balance point, it seems like that's been tipped in the views and Vong's favor, like yeah. pretty heavily. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the end of our book here. Uh, any, anything else that you specifically want to bring up or should we go to ratings? I think we're ready to go to ratings. All right. Well, out of five, actually, you know what? I wonder what this book has gotten ratings-wise, or if we can look look at a book from, what was it, 2000, 2001? 
2000. Uh, let's see here. Well, uh, Amazon, Amazon, where is your combined rating? 4.6 out of 5. Pretty high rating overall. Yeah. Out of uh, 220 uh, ratings. That's pretty decent. I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, Not that it's a bad book, it's just I didn't think there would be that much of a audience for well, it. Well, yeah, and after all this time, that's, that is pretty impressive. Uh, Goodreads, oh my goodness, eight over 8,000 votes on wow. Goodreads. Uh, 3.71. Clearly Goodreads is an old site. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, some of these write-ups, you know, are are quite old, which is fine. Uh, there must have been a lot of really good early reviews, or uh, maybe these are like top reviews, or I don't know how this filter is going, but like there's, yeah, Goodreads was seems to be pretty brutal on some of their on some of their ratings. Let me let me actually see the details so we can get some breakdown. I don't know. I think I actually like using Goodreads for ratings a little bit more than uh than others if I'm being honest with you. Um okay, so 25% or two yeah, or two little about 2100 were five star. 32%, 2600 were four, 32% Again, we're three, six percent were two star reviews, five hundred forty seven, and two two percent were one star, two hundred forty two. So, you know, not not a terrible like bottom half there, but certainly certainly a, a bottom bottom half uh, ratings as it goes. Um, so I don't know. I think that that's probably a little bit more indicative of, of sort of what I'm thinking, but, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and give our ratings out of five. What do you got? Well, I'm going to probably rate this book a little higher than I should. <laughs> There's something about it. I mean, the ending leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, like we said, it's kind of a hollow victory, but that kind of is building up to the next book. I understand that, but, it's just the way that they handle it is a bit odd to me. Like everything's exciting and they're doing well as people are falling into a pit of lava, but it's fine. Um, you know, we get some great interactions with Jason and Mara and we finally get Jason back on the right path, which is nice. And he's going to be a little less of a jerk about it, hopefully in the future. Uh, so I'm going to give this book a 4.2 out of five. Okay. I was actually just kind of reading some of these reviews. This one stood out to me. He's got a Revan, a Revan avatar, but well, let's continue the the trend of 2020 sucking bounce point sucks. It's like, well, okay, first and foremost, you (laughs) understand this wasn't, this wasn't written in 2020. Correct. I mean, we're, we're about, you're about 20 years late. Um, not to mention this book wouldn't be made in 2020. <laughs> I, I just, I, I thought that was, that was funny. Um, yeah, a lot of, uh, I don't know. There is quite a bit of, um, quite a bit of negative. I think the biggest complaint is people were just saying it was bland. You know, it didn't really, didn't really have anything super impactful, I guess. Um, 
So here's the thing. This is a very long book series. And I think that there are a lot of book series that obviously didn't go on this long. And there was one reviewer in here that kind of, I think he was a three-star review and, and basically said something to the effect. It's like it's a chess, another chess move in a long game. Well, right. I mean, and, this is the equivalent of Light of the, not Light of the Jedi, but the High Republic. I mean, it's a big, massive, new, you know, EP and... Not every one of them is going to be a hard hitter. They're just going to be a little bit of lore building here and there. Well, I, I think the only difference is, is this was done in a different way. I, the High Republic obviously has several books, but they're not moving as much. They, 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 have to, they have to punch a lot harder now because people don't have the patience. And I can clearly see that a lot of these bad reviews that were done in the last, say, five years are kind of indicative of how people want media to go which is much quicker Mm -hmm. and this series is not quick i mean no it's like 17 books yeah you are getting beaten down it's a 19 19 yeah i think it was i think the official was was 19 um but but the issue is that consistently you are being beaten down by a vastly superior enemy beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and beaten and then, I mean, what, what, I, I think what people are trying to, uh, trying to get to the point here is like, where, where does, where, where do we turn the corner? Like, where's the corner turn point? And I think the, the, I think that the title of the book is deceiving. I think people see the title of this book and say, oh, it's a balance point, which means it's a turning point, Right. No. Well, not. I would hope not in a series that's that many books that we're going to start winning halfway through and it takes that long to win. No, that's. I mean, and there's so many different facets to this series. I mean, what might be the balance point for one character might have nothing to do with the war whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And I, I, I do see some comments here. I'm still just scrolling through um, a lot of these. <laughs> God, is this one where Leia cuts all her hair off? Oh yeah, it was. We didn't even mention <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah the, de- yeah. the decom where some people lost their hair. Oh, no. <sighs> it, 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 but it, it's difficult. But uh, there are a few other comments here that, you know, Jason being this kind of wishy-washy character. It's like, but you, you, I imagine that a lot of people, uh, don't know what's going to happen with him. Right. And they don't understand the arc. This, this is very, yeah, this is very classic old school storytelling. This isn't Netflix, stranger things. Here's eight episodes. Go screw you and have fun. Right. It 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 is a very slow burn. It's it's almost like comics or anime. You just mm-hmm. have one more issue, one more issue, one more episode, one more episode, one more book, one more book. Um, but you know the nice thing about that is you tend to care about the characters a hell of a lot more, and you can see why they make the decisions they make for the most part because you can analyze everything that's led up to that point instead of like an eight episode series that they just 
oh, they ran out of time. They've got to make them think this way. We can't explain why. It's just how they are now. Yeah. But again, I, I just reading comments, I think that, that the Jason dilemma really isn't hitting very well with people, but it is what it is. I think people will look back a little bit and kind of understand as as you go as you go along. So, as far as a rating for me, um, I can't I can't really give this like a crazy high rating, but I do think it's been better than uh, some of our other books that we've had here. Um, it really does cement a lot of things when you really really think through it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of feel like a bit of a filler in between something bigger that's going to happen. It was another Yuzen Vong win. Um, it was another Republic loss and you know, you're, you're, you still have a lot of unsolidified characters because they're kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. Han and Leia and Luke and Mar, they're all the same. The kids are, are, they, they haven't solidified themselves. They're still kids. Um, so for me, I think this book, I was actually going to put it like, right, like a, a 3.9. I I don't necessarily think it's quite in the fours, but it's close enough. Um, we've had, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there into some of my favorite books in the series. This one, um, is okay. It's, it, it is for me, it's a turning point in the series as far as interest goes. Right. There's a few that we've just gone through the most. So, I mean, <laughs> we don't have to like every single book in the series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, I do think it's, I, I think it's a little bit better than some of our, some of our other series. So, anyway, uh, there we go. Balance point, new Jedi order. Yeah, you know, trucking, trucking back again. Uh, let's see, what, what did we agree on for next week? We are getting into Rebels season one. Rebels season one. There we go. So yeah, I mean, we, we've planned out quite a bit. So next week we will be doing a Rebel Season 1. So if you haven't watched Rebels in a while or have never watched Rebels, you rebel. This is the week to start. This is the, yeah, <laughs> this is the time. Uh, watch along and we will discuss the entire season as a retrospective. I know we had kind of talked about doing some episodic stuff, but the, I mean, the problem is, is that I don't want to. So long, so long. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Rebels is my favorite uh, animated series, but I think going through it, it seems a bit of an overkill for for right now. Mm-hmm. But we'll go through our uh, favorite moments of that, and uh, again, we'll we'll keep trucking. We've got uh, you know we'll be going through Doctor Afra comic, uh, getting back into Aftermath, another new Jedi Order, more Rebels. You know, Thrawn will be uh, the new Thrawn book. Greater Good will be coming up. Uh, before we know it and uh, yeah so a lot of content coming up here hopefully you guys are enjoying uh, again hit us up on all the social medias uh, e- you know email us tcplanpodcast gmail.com let us know what you're thinking any theories thoughts anything you'd like read on the podcast hit us up we'll be more than happy to discuss um, so yeah I think that's it for me you guys have a great rest of your week and as always may the force be with you